Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll deliver your astrological weather report for the week ahead. Every Sunday, I help you prepare to navigate through life's ups and downs and provide you with practical insights for planning ahead and staying on top of your game. And don't forget to hit subscribe whenever listening to this podcast or just mark your calendars because every Wednesday I'll be back with a live in-depth reading with a listener. Maybe it'll be you. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get astrological. Welcome back to Ghost. This week we are going to look at the astrology for... March 26th through April 1st of 2023. But first, I want to say a couple very important things. The first of which is that I am teaching a class on April 16th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So mark your calendars. Tickets go on sale this Monday. If you're already signed up to my mailing list, you will get an email with a link prompting you to go ahead and get the class. But if you're not signed up to my mailing list and you're just not the kind of person who checks mailing lists, just check my website, ghostofapodcast.com, on Monday, and you can get your ticket. The class I'm teaching is called The Moon in You, your natal moon as a tool for shadow work, emotional presence, and healing. And it's on April 16th, which is just immediately before the first eclipse occurs. The first eclipse of this year happens on April 19th, right? So it's just a few days before the first eclipse. And it's going to be a resource for you to be able to learn about your own birth charts moon. And this will empower you to cope with eclipse season. Now, I'm not going to get into predicting the eclipses in this exact moment, but I will remind you of something really essential about eclipses is that they're moon transits, they're lunar transits. And the moon is all about feeling. It's all about emotion. We cannot think ourselves in or out of emotion. We cannot analyze our way in or out of emotional presence, healing, or transformation. And this is where a lot of times when we're using astrology, we can kind of get in our own way by trying to predict what will come next as a way to try to get ahead of how we're going to feel and what it's going to mean. When in fact, this is one of those moments where you want to know, okay, eclipses or any kind of event to or from the moon, right? Transiting moon or moon in your birth chart are really challenges or opportunities to get present with your emotions. And of course, your emotions and your body are intertwined. And so a lot of times what this means is getting out of your head and into your body, which you may know is easier said than done. But this class on April 16th is going to be a resource for you to get to be able to access your own emotional body with more grace so that you can do really the only thing that any of us can do to prepare for an eclipse, which is to get present in our hearts, in our bodies, and let our heads take a back seat for a little while. You know, again, easier said than done. Hopefully this class will be a good resource. Sign up for my newsletter or check out my website on Monday. And uh, yeah, you can sign up for my class there. The other thing I want to say, I want to I want to kind of give you a little like uh, a quick little astrology lesson in advance of the details of this week's horoscope. But I've been thinking so much about the world. Oh, the world, the world, the world is just 
in such a, a bananas place. And here in the U.S., things are rapidly going in a really scary direction. You know, I've talked a lot about Saturn in Pisces and Pluto in Aquarius in recent episodes. Pluto in Aquarius, I talked about in depth in episode 308. You can read the transcript or listen to it on my website if you haven't already heard it. In episode 304, I went in depth into Saturn in Pisces. But there's something about this period with these two major uh, planetary ingressions that I've been thinking about. And it's about imagining a better future. Before we can enact a plan, you know, which is Saturn's big move, before we can transform what needs reform, which is Pluto's big move, we must be able to conceptualize, fantasize, hope. In order to cultivate a vision for something better, for how things can be, sometimes we need to step outside of the kind of material 3D reality that we're in, where it is this way, it's always been this way, and I guess that's what it's going to be, right? We have to be able to step outside of that. And when we consider the energetics of both Pisces and Aquarius, they're both zodiac signs associated with envisioning, fantasizing, innovating. And I want to invite you to be mindful of those themes in the world and in your life, and especially if you're somebody who is an activist, who works in politics, or in any field where you have an impact on humans, on the environment around you. Uh, And you can take the concept of environment in any way you like, right? In order to create not just random change, but meaningful change that increases our capacity for humanity for empathy, for better conditions, for all life. We need to be able to explore what's possible. So I do want to encourage you to explore what's possible without losing sight of the fact that, you know, there's a time for exploration and then, and then there's a time for making a plan and enacting, coming together and mobilizing, right? There's got to be a season for all of it. And as this month we have stepped into Pluto and Aquarius and Saturn and Pisces, I want to, yeah, invite you to to do a little dreaming, which may seem a little off-brand for a triple Capricorn as myself to say to a person, but I can assure you this is the time for visualizing, for conceptualizing, for fantasizing, and even for having the audacity to hope. Because as challenging and difficult as things are, We can always change. And on the heels of that, I will say, we are living through a global airborne pandemic. It is not over just because governments no longer want to protect us or because the bulk of people are not centering community care in their daily behavior, right? It's still very much happening. In the United States, thousands of people die every single week from COVID. But I don't want to go too far into that. This is what I want to say. You may not be masking. You may have stopped masking a year ago, you know, a month ago, whatever, in public spaces. But you can think about it, be exposed to different ideas or different ways of holding it, and change your mind. And I know that sounds so simple, but the truth is so many of us, we kind of tend to double down on our behaviors when we're uncertain about them or when we have any kind of insecurity. And it is a sign of maturity, strength, and growth to change your damn mind. 
to evolve. And so I want to invite you to put your mask back on if you've taken it off. No shame, you know, just center community care in your day-to-day behavior to make yourself and the people around you safer. Okay. Now, I promised you a little astro lesson in advance of our horoscope, and it is very simple. This week, we are going to be talking about four different transits. And of those four transits, three of them are conjunctions. So in astrology, the conjunction is a zero degrees aspect. In other words, it's when two or more planets are sitting directly on top of each other. Zero degrees, right? They're right on top of each other. Now, in astrology, we use an orb. If you're interested in learning more about orbs, I've been talking about it a ton on my Patreon recently, so you can join me over there. But let me just say, when we have planets conjoined to each other, sitting on top of each other, what we have is the energy of the planets that are conjoined coming together. And sometimes what this means is that things get stronger. The drives of both planets get stronger, and that is not good or bad, but it tends to be pretty intense. And in response to things getting stronger, it sometimes means that the planets involved are more intimately engaged in struggle. And sometimes it means that the planets involved are more intimately engaged in helping each other out and supporting each other. What we tend to do is lose perspective when it comes to conjunctions because the energy, there's no space in that energy, right? It's just all happening all at once. That's how conjunctions tend to feel. And I think people tend to get a little bit confused about the energy of conjunctions because they are what I would consider a hard aspect, but they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Now, some of how this is going to make you feel or how you're going to experience it has to do with whether or not transiting planets, you know, in your horoscope that I'm going to talk about in a minute, are directly impacting anything in your birth chart. So this is something for you to pay close attention to, and it is why I I try to remember to always include the degrees of the transiting planets so you can find it in your birth chart. I have dropped an episode on transits and aspects if you want to learn more. It's episode 101 of Ghost of a Podcast. So you can go check out either the transcript or the audio on my website uh, if you want to learn more. But I just wanted to give you a little heads up because it's a very conjuncty kind of week. Okay. So as I said, we are looking at the astrology of March 26th through April 1st of 2023. And this week's first exact transit is a Mercury conjunction to Chiron happening at 15 degrees and 16 minutes of Aries. So if you have anything at around 15 degrees of a cardinal sign, cardinal signs are Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer, uh, you really want to pay attention to this transit. So you know that Mercury is all about our friendships and our peer-based relationships. It's platonic relationships in general. It's what we think. It's what we say. It's how we communicate, including how we listen right? And Chiron, that old wounded healer, sitting right on top of Mercury in the hot-headed sign of Aries, can lead to major breakthroughs or breakdowns, depending on how shit goes, you know? So one thing we can expect from this transit is that there's an opportunity for healing. Healing is not always like this graceful, easy, pretty thing. And it's not always messy and ugly, but you know, it can go either way. What the presence of Chiron sitting this close, right on top of Mercury is, is that we are either thinking about very deeply and intensely an old 
wound or pain point that exists within us. This may be, you know, you may have like an intense therapy session or conversation with a friend or, you know, you wake up from a dream and things are just like there for you or something triggers an old wound. And dealing with Chiron in Aries has a lot to do with dealing with themes around embodiment. Like, do I deserve to be here? Am I okay with being here? How do I take up space? The risk with this transit is that we miss the memo that we are being triggered so that we can heal. It would be very easy to focus on our situation and to think the person we're dealing with or the situation we're dealing with is like out to get us. When what's happening is we are going through an experience in our own minds in a meaningful way that is challenging us to be embodied and to adapt in ways that do not reflect our original wounding, but instead who we choose and intend to be in the here and now. And this is hard. It's hard because in part, this transit challenges us to let other people be what they are and to not necessarily personalize it. Now, a Mercury-Chiron conjunction would be difficult in any sign to not personalize things. But in Aries, I mean, you know, Aries, everything is about me when stuff is in Aries. And so it is really important to consider why certain patterns play out in your life, and not from a martyred or victim perspective, but instead from a perspective of empowerment. When we use our agency to see our own patterns and how they play themselves out, we have a greater capacity to make different choices in response to whatever reactions emerge within us. Again, much easier said than done, but it is doable, and that is why this transit occurs. Be particularly careful with trusting like authority figures. Now, I'm not saying don't trust authority figures, but I am saying this is a place where this pattern may be playing itself out because of how Chiron functions. And so don't give away your power or have a knee-jerk reaction where, you know, somebody who has power or authority over you or thinks they have power or authority, you just are like, out of hand, they're bad. Like, I'm not going to listen to any part. Because the truth of the matter is, Sometimes the message is a yes, even though the messenger is a hell no, or vice versa. Sometimes, you know, three things that we are being told are shit. And one thing we're being told is actually a gem, right? It's challenging for most of us most of the time to sit with nuance, to allow things to be messy. And yet life is full of nuance and it is very fucking messy. This transit is an opportunity to tap into your own agency, to get clear about what you think and make sure that your actions and your verbal or you know, written reactions reflect that, right? Whenever we're dealing with transits to or from Chiron, there's an opportunity for healing. And sometimes the best way to heal is to step into the pain of an old belief, relationship, habit, what have you, and make a different choice. And that different choice can be something as simple as I'm not going to take in what this other person says as the only truth and still be able to hold space for it's their truth in this moment. Right. It's hard. It is hard. But this is the work of the Mercury conjunction to Chiron in Aries. You may need to come to a sense of acceptance about something that is really hard for you that you might not like. That takes a lot of strength. 
I want to encourage you to seek the strength you have within to know what I've said recently and quite a bit, which is what is hard for you is not what is wrong with you. To know that just because you have a pattern that plays out in your life that you don't like, that doesn't make you happy, or because you keep on making a mistake, doesn't mean you're doomed to do it forever. That's how all people are. I can tell you after meeting with thousands of clients over the course of almost 30 years, every single one of us, I believe without exception, (laughs) every single one of us have patterns that we unconsciously and consciously play out in our lives. Certain relationship dynamics, work dynamics, whatever the hell it is, that play themselves out no matter how hard we try to evade them. This is just part of what it is to be a human. It's not some sort of treatise on how you are fucked up or will never heal. It's just part of the human condition. And the better equipped we are to not personalize it and doom ourselves or others, the more mercurial flexibility and adaptability that we have to change. And in the case of Mercury, what's being called upon is a change of mind, a change in how we communicate or how we listen our attitudes, and our beliefs. So this is a meaningful invitation to consider that you may be having insights that are foundational to having a greater sense of awareness, embodiment, and agency around your old core wounds and how they're playing out in your life in the here and now. We all know how important it is to continue to mask in public indoor spaces. And that's why I want to tell you about Project N95.org. Their nonprofit mission is to protect communities and those who live and work in them by providing equitable access to resources that keep people safe through COVID-19 and beyond. If you're unable to afford high-quality respiratory protection, Project N95 may be able to help. And if you can afford to buy yourself high-quality masks, this is a great place to buy them. Visit projectn95.org to keep yourself and your community safe. Now, the next transit that's exact is happening on the 27th, and it's another conjunction from Mercury. It's Mercury conjunct Jupiter. Now, because this transit is exact on the 27th, it is overlapping with the Mercury conjunction to Chiron. So first, let me tell you how that's likely to influence the Mercury conjunction to Chiron. Because of Jupiter's presence, it is likely that we are going to be feeling a little more quick to react and a little quicker to run with a story. So Jupiter can help us heal, but it can also make us double down because it is the planet that governs the soapbox, the pulpit, uh, the desire to tell your story, scream it from the mountaintops and insist that everyone believe it, whether or not it is fiction or fact. Okay. So what we want to make sure of this week is that we are not so romanced by our story that it robs us of presence. Again, Mercury is the mind. But when our mind takes over in such a way that it takes us away from the here and now, it does no favors to our own capacity to heal, grow, and evolve, which, you know, kind of the name of the game. So we want to really be careful this week about, and especially, you know, at the start of the week, about impulsive thinking, impulsive reacting, and now talking about Mercury conjunction to Jupiter, shit talking. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter is a transit that can bring up a lot of gossip, okay? 
Now, everybody loves to gossip, I know, and I don't want to be a boner killer, although I'm excellent at it. I do want to say, though, that talking shit, I think it's really not very empathetic or kind. I want to encourage you to notice your own capacity for gossip, especially around the state. Mean-spirited gossip may come into your inbox, may, you know, come into your DMs or your group chat. And I want to encourage you to be really mindful about how you participate because, again, Chiron is involved. So you may have been a kid that people around you, you know, other kids or adults or whatever, talk shit about, you know, were mean about. And so you may have evolved into a grown-up who does that to other people. But this is a time for you to interrupt your own participation in that pattern in your life, right? So Mercury conjunction to Jupiter can make us really, you know, loosen with the lips or the fingertips, whether you're talking or, you know, typing or whatever. This transit can lead to a breakthrough in understanding and communication. This can happen through investigative journalism in the world, right? We may learn something uh, in the world that we didn't otherwise know. Or it may lead to just, like I said, you know, storytelling, gossip, shit talk. It may lead to people jumping the gun and making assumptions or associations that simply aren't there before you hit send on that email. Take a moment, you know, reread it maybe. Before you like come at someone hot and tell them what you think, I don't know, take a moment. (laughs) Make sure that you want to say what you plan on saying because Mercury conjunction to Jupiter, while it is a transit that can really empower us to learn and expand our thought process and be generous with our friends and coworkers and neighbors and all that kind of stuff, it honestly can also be a time where we don't listen and we just, we get real loud. And some people are loud, like I'm loud, you know, talk a lot. And some people are loud in a more passive way where they don't talk a lot, but they're also not listening, right? So I want to encourage you to be really mindful about how you're participating because the potential for healing during this transit is huge. And why not take it? If you need to study or learn something new, again, excellent transit. If there's some sort of conversation that you've been needing to have and you've been shy or scared, Jupiter can give you a little chutzpah that you need, right? It can it can give you the zhuzh. But we can't forget that Chiron is right right there at the heels of Mercury and Jupiter. And so it's not likely to be as easy as a typical Mercury-Jupiter conjunction. If you need to make travel plans, I know this sounds like super random, but if you need to make travel plans, it's actually a great time for doing it. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter is just good for travel in general. Uh, Mercury conjunction to Chiron, not so much. But, you know, making plans are well starred on this date. And I didn't mention, but really should have, that this transit is exact at 11.50 p.m. on the 27th Pacific time. It's happening at 18 degrees and 14 minutes of Aries. So Mercury, Jupiter, both 18 degrees, 14 minutes of Aries. And that, my friends, brings us to the last transits of this week. We have them both happening on March 30th. And we have a Mars trine to Saturn, as well as a Venus conjunction to Uranus. Let me tell you all about it. Mars will be at two degrees and 36 minutes of Cancer, while Saturn is at two degrees of Pisces and 36 minutes. This transits exact at 12.03 p.m. Pacific time. Mars trying to Saturn is a really nice transit. It's the only transit of the week that is not a conjunction. And it's a nice transit in the context of all the other transits we've got going on because it's stabilizing, 
We've got Mercury, Jupiter, Chiron, and then Venus and Uranus all involved in conjunctions this week. But Mars and Saturn in water signs forming a trine to each other empowers us to be more grounded in our behavior, to temper our energy, pace, and approach, and to be a little less ego-driven or reactive. Mars trying to Saturn can help us with discipline and intention, so pairing our motivations with a pace that actually works for us, which is wonderful. But the way to access Mars's energy is through the body. It's through the damn body. Luckily, the Mercury conjunctions to Chiron and Jupiter are in Aries, and Aries is the zodiac sign ruled by Mars. And so it'll be a little bit easier to tap into uh, these Martian energies that empower us to get in the body so that we can access our own energies, our vitality, our agency. And this is really helpful. And it can be helpful for any number of things in your life. But it at the very least will be helpful for all of us in coping with this energy that can be pretty all over the place this week. Now, this transit is happening, as I said, at the same time as a Venus conjunction to Uranus. So Venus will be at 16 degrees of Taurus in 45 minutes and conjunct Uranus at the exact same degree. And that's exact at 3.26 p.m. Pacific time. So this is just a couple hours after the Mars trying to Saturn is exact. Now, Venus conjunction to Uranus is pretty much the opposite of everything I just said. Uh, Venus conjunction to Uranus is a dynamic, spontaneous, catch-as-catch-can kind of transit. Now, Venus is a planet of love and intimacy, diplomacy. So it has a lot to do with our relationships, not just our sexy or romantic relationships, although certainly those, uh, but also any relationship that requires getting along because Venus is the planet that governs getting along. It is also the planet associated with our values and drive for security and stability. Venus and Saturn govern the drive for security and stability in very different ways, but they both govern it. Now, Uranus is all about surprises. Whenever we're dealing with, uh, you know, Uranus by transit, we can expect the unexpected, which is why a Venus conjunction to Uranus, especially in stability-loving Taurus, is going to bring up some discomfort for a lot of people as some of the things that we want to be stable or secure or predictable all of a sudden aren't. Now, again, we're going to add this information to what we know about the other conjunctions happening this week, and you can see why it's really important to find a way to be in your body or at least be aware when you're not, because it would be very easy to be reactive in a way that is defensive or just in ways that you were not planning and you don't necessarily want to stand by. And it's always harder to go back and fix the thing than to try to do it right the first time. So what I want to advise around this transit is one of two things. Either get into things being a little weird, things being surprising, uh, be open to things changing and exploring those changes with excitement, if you can. Or just know that this is a transit. It's not going to last more than a few days before and after it's exact, right? And there's something to learn from whatever comes up. You don't have to love it. You don't have to be like, you know, going deep into change. But but this isn't the time to try to 
create stability or security. This isn't the time to ask someone to commit to you or to try to like permanently make plans. This is the time for exploring what's possible, for playing with things, for experimenting, right? And so if you're somebody who's like, you know, always dating around, and then all of a sudden you're feeling the drive to uh, settle down, you know, then settling down would be an experiment for you. But it is always wise to avoid making permanent commitments and decisions if you can during any, any planet conjoined to Uranus. Because the way we feel during this transit is likely to change. We might not fully understand all the things that go into a thing because our decision to do a thing may be a bit impulsive, right? An impulsive is not bad or good. It just often means we don't have all the information when we hop into the pool. In the context of the other transits happening this week, we have this really big picture of things coming at us fast. Us having the opportunity to respond in new ways, hold things in new ways. And a lot of this is likely to be relational. So that could look like any number of things in your personal life and in the world at large. But what we must do is remember our values, Venus, and our beliefs, Mercury, and make sure that we are not betraying ourselves or the things we hold dear out of an impulse, out of a strong feeling or a defensive reaction. Now, with all of this persistent and aggressive anti-trans legislation that the extreme right is trying to pass in the U.S., I want to say a Venus conjunction to Uranus poses an interesting opportunity. Things may spontaneously change. Something new may come through, for better or for worse on this date. And we want to pay close attention, right? Because when human rights are under attack, we must all come together and advocate for the freedom, safety, and dignity of all people. And we definitely want to be on the lookout for these kinds of continued themes because we are dealing with Chiron, which is an asteroid that is absolutely connected to patriarchal violence when we look at it systemically. And we are dealing with the themes of Venus in Taurus and then lots of Aries energies, including a Mars trying to Saturn. So we want to pay attention to what's happening in regards to gender-based rights and body autonomy across the board. And make sure that you don't just care, but that you convert that caring into action Whatever actions you can take, small or large, you know, sign a petition, make a phone call, get educated, join a group, wherever you're at, whatever you could do, try to do something. This is absolutely a good week for it. Now, my loves, that's your damn horoscope. And I hope it helps you map out your week ahead and cope with whatever it is that comes your way. If you get value from the podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And on the first of every month on the kittens level of my Patreon, I drop a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast uh, in a month ahead horoscope. So I delineate all the transits for the month ahead. Spoiler alert, April has a lot going on. We have an eclipse. We have Mercury retrograde. There's a lot to get ahead of. So you can join me over there to get woo and astrological as well. I hope you take really good care of yourself and others this week, and I will talk to you in a couple of days. Bye-bye.